Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. And we are live, Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. This is your host, Philip Randazzo. And really quick, I just want to clarify, uh, I'm not actually ever live. I just think it's really cool to say that. I don't know, does that make me strange? I'm not sure. But nonetheless, I'm going to continue using that terminology because it makes me feel cool. It makes me feel like I'm talking to you guys live. And not to toot my own horn or anything, but uh, they don't call me one take Phil for nothing. Half the time, actually, shoot, probably 90%, 95% of the time, this stuff is all one take coming at you essentially live. You know, I think it's a waste of time to, to do two takes, so I just like to nail it on the first time. And now you guys all think I'm a big douchebag, which is totally fine. Um, you know, I, I know who I am and all that good stuff. So anyways, sorry for the rattle, guys, but this is Monday as we all know, exclusive interviews coming to you guys each and every Monday. You know, I've been toying around with the idea of creating some apparel for the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast and for the Yield Mastermind group in general. And, you know, I, I would like you guys' feedback. So what about, I had this idea, I want to create a shirt that has the Yield Mastermind Talks logo on it that says something along, along the lines of, uh, Mondays aren't as bad as they used to be. Or... Uh, you know, like, thank God it's Monday. Something along those lines, a little play on the fact that Mondays typically suck, but with the release of these interviews, they become just a bit better. So shoot me an email, uh, yieldmastermind at gmail.com, or you can find us on all the socials. Let us know what you think of that idea. Let us know if it sucks or if you love it and you'd buy it. We don't care. We just want to hear y'all's feedback. So thank you for that. And with that, let me get into who we are going to be hearing from today. And I'm super pumped to bring you guys this conversation because this was my first really branch out to do an in-person interview. I drove from my humble abode in Downers Grove, Illinois, which for those of you that don't know is about 20-25 miles outside the city of Chicago. Uh, I drove from Downers to Elmhurst, Illinois, which is just a tad bit closer to the city, a place that I went and played college basketball. I played for Elmhurst College and through that process became accustomed to this coffee shop that was located in the downtown area. Super cute little downtown. It was just a fun shop and uh, the shop had changed ownership literally three times in the amount of time that I was going to school there, which was just two years. So as you guys might be able to tell from this info, it's like that's way too much you know, t- turnover in terms of shop owners, and it was in the perfect location. I could not figure out why these shop owners couldn't get the shop to work. So third owner comes along, and she is now freaking killing it. She's been the owner of Brewpoint Coffee for 19 months, and her name is Melissa Villanueva, and I'm just going to hop right into her bio here. She's the owner of Brewpoint Coffee in Elmhurst, Illinois. Brewpoint is not just about great coffee, and I think, just a little side note, this is what separates what she was doing 
from what the others were doing. And I think this is a great point for those of you who are looking to start something, whether it be a coffee shop, an art studio, a this or a that. You want to distinguish yourself. She says it's not just about great coffee. She says it is about being an, ex- an excuse for community. The vision is to be a sustainable and thriving business that builds up those around us to form lasting partnerships and to provide excellent service. Melissa has a background in sales, recruiting, and team development and is currently in the expansion phase of Brewpoint. And to be honest, they are going to be expanding majorly. She is she's just doing incredible things. And I want to warn you guys, this was my first in-person recording of an interview. Well, not technically not my first, but one of the major ones that you guys are hearing exclusive on Monday. So please let me know how you think the quality sounds. I'm in the process of getting better equipment, uh, but I'm not going to do that if you guys agree with the quality that this interview comes through with. But let me tell you that the wisdom that Melissa shares with us is absolutely crazy. I wish we could have got her uh, husband, Angelo, on the show with us as well. He's, I mean, he's been integral to getting Brewpoint off the ground. He's now taking uh, taking on another venture until he can make his way back to Brewpoint full time. But it's just an incredible tale of these two people taking a chance. I mean, Melissa shares some crazy stories about how she basically takes this leap of faith borrows some money to open up this coffee shop and the rest is history. You guys are going to love this show. I know it 100%. So with that, let's dive in. Here's my conversation with Melissa Villanueva. Enjoy the show. You are listening to the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. Enjoy the show. Today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Fuel 101. Now, guys, if you're looking for a book that's going to help give you a framework to succeed, to reach your goals, to accomplish those things you've always wanted to accomplish, to take that leap of faith, maybe get you out of your comfort zone a little bit, you know, you might be a person that isn't quite sold on personal development books, self help books. Maybe you're a young person who doesn't feel like the books relate to you. You could be any age. Rocket Fuel 101 is a six-step process that's going to propel you towards your goals and stop you from drifting through life. This is one of those books that's going to provide you with a framework. This six-step process is going to help you figure out your passions, pick a trajectory, you know, launch your mission, go ahead, set those goals, go 100% at it. You're going to bring people along with you. You're going to find a mastermind network. There's so many things that this book is going to give you. You do not want to miss out on getting a copy for yourself. And in sponsoring the show, Rocket Fuel 101 is going to give you 15% off any and all purchases of books, whether it be the hard copy or ebook. All you have to do is go to the Rocket Fuel 101 numbers, Rocket Fuel 101 book.com. Again, that's the Rocket Fuel 101 book.com. And when you're at the checkout, type in the promo code podcast. That's promo code podcast. You are going to receive 15% off your purchase. And this is something, it's not a one time deal. You will get this no matter how many purchases you make. All right, so here's what I want you guys to do in this order. Go to therocketfuel101book.com. Get yourself, your friends, your family, whoever you want, get them a copy of the book, enter promo code podcast, and start reading. You guys don't want to miss out on this. 
Today we have another exclusive one-on-one -on -one interview, more like a conversation uh, with someone that I have been dying to get on the show for quite some time. And I'm very excited to be doing this interview because we are doing it in person. And that is with Melissa. Melissa, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Phil. How are you doing? I'm doing good. What is your last name again? Uh, Villanueva. Villanueva. So I did get married, though, That's and right. haven't officially changed my last name okay. for business reasons. Hey, so. it's all good. It's all good. Well, I'm glad we got you on the show. Um, for those of you listening, Melissa has done some incredible things with a coffee shop uh, here located right outside of Chicago, Illinois, in a place called Elmhurst, Illinois. And, you know, I, I went to Elmhurst College. I've been coming to this coffee shop for quite some time. And there were two owners prior to Melissa in this exact location. And neither of them could get this, this shop to work for some reason. And yet... Melissa has come in, and I don't even, has it been a year yet? Uh, it's been 19 months. It's been, wow, 19 yeah. months already. <laughs> oh my goodness. So in just 19 months, I mean, you built this thing to something pretty incredible. And um, so I just want to dive in and, and kind of get to know how you did it, you know, what you do personally and, and what your story is like. So first, if you wouldn't mind just kind of sharing with us, you know, uh, who you are, kind of what brought you to be, you know, Melissa, owner of Brewpoint Coffee today. Well, first off, Phil, thank you so much. I mean, those are really kind words. And for those of you who probably don't know, Phil was one of our very first customers that popped in the door and it was just super supportive even when no one knew who we are um, or were. So here we are now. Um, so to kind of start off with our story of Brewpoint and who I am, um, I mean, just like any other kid, I mean, I grew up wanting to find a place that I belonged. And so, especially if it meant that, you know, I could be in the forefront of something. So as a child, I was like, I'm going to be a singer. I'm going to be a performer. I'm going to be, you know, these things. And I'm, you know, I'm going to be the face of these different, um, these different platforms. And, you know, that didn't work out for me. But as I went to high school, um, I found that like, church work and being a leader in that type of um, field was really like it was something I was passionate about but it was also something I just fit well in um, and like many young people it wasn't even so much something um, it wasn't really about as much what I believed in or what I valued as a person it was more about fitting in more than anything um, and so I you know that's not the best thing when you're going into church work but like I got became a leader in the church and then I um, did that for a three or four years in high school and college. And then uh, while I was in college, I went to Wheaton College. I was a philosophy theology major, planning to go into full-time ministry um, after college. But my third year in college, I ended up um, working for a company called Southwestern. So I did door-to-door -door sales to pay <laughs> off uh, my college debt and um, found that I was like really, really good at this stuff, which is a weird thing to find you're really good at. Yeah. So um, I was number four in the country my first year. Wow. Um, yeah, I made a good amount to pay for private college. And so, um, yeah, I really found that to be a different platform for myself. And I found that I could be a leader in it and I could be someone that inspired others. And so um, that became kind of my thing where it's just like I inspired others not by, you know, be like Melissa, but more so, hey, if Melissa could do this, yeah, yeah. I can probably do this because she's just a normal person like me. So um, that's what I did. And um, from there, got recruited to a big financial firm from college. I was a director of recruitment and development for three years. And um, in having some time to be stable in a career, 
um, I really started thinking more about those whys of work. So what do I actually value in work and who am I in work? And it's not just about, hey, I found a place that I fit or I can be successful in, but what do I actually want to bring to the world? Um, and so those questions started to surface more and more as I stayed in a firm. Um, and I did find to be myself, I found to be fairly successful in it. I mean, you know, I was 23 and like the 47th floor of a high build, high rise building in Chicago. Um, but I just found something really lacking. Um, and it was starting to become just really like I couldn't, I couldn't really handle it anymore. And so, uh, um, that's when in two, uh, November, 2013, um, Haiyan hits the Philippines. And so Haiyan is, um, a really big hurricane that was all over the news about, you know, three years ago. And, um, it changed me. It rocked me. And I wasn't really sure why. Um, I am Filipino but have little to no roots to my heritage. I didn't have many Filipino friends or a community um, in that way. And so um, I had no, I was really puzzled more than anything of just like, I can't eat, I can't sleep, I can't stop thinking about this, I'm crying randomly. Um, so I reached out to my network and I got connected to a Filipino pastor um, and he connected me to his church plant. And the moment I started talking to him, I started feeling better. And so there's something about this that really started pointing me in, this is the right way for me to go for right now. So I went to his church plant and the first person to open the door of the church plant is my now husband, <laughs> Angelo Sepulveda. Um, it was an awkward exchange, but, uh, yeah, that night, like I felt like I was exactly where I needed to be. Um, you know, a couple months into getting to know everyone, getting to know Angelo, um, we had one of our first like, real conversations and I tell him about my struggles with work and not really knowing where my place is. If, you know, I'm, if I'm successful in this, if I'm making money in this, um, why do I feel this way? And really just looking for an for a reason for me to quit. And so I'm telling him, hey, like, I'm just looking for a reason to quit. And he says something to the effect of, like, you know, sometimes you're just supposed to pull the trigger. And I remember kind of not, I mean, I don't know this guy at this, at this point. And, um, but it, that, that uh, phrase stays with me. And it's just like, sometimes you're just supposed to pull the trigger. So the next day, I quit my job. Like, literally the next day. And he, he thought he ruined my life. Um, but, yeah, so I, it took me a little bit longer because they wanted to finish some things out. So it took about two months. But I found a flight to the Philippines for, like, $750, which is pretty cheap um, and booked it and then found that I'd also have to be there for two months based upon that booking. Um, and so I ended up in the Philippines for two months and um, had quite the cleansing experience from the corporate world. Because when you go to a different place and you don't have the same um, structure and what you're used to, the same things that I like to find you essentially, um, I'm, I became in a sense no one there um, because I wasn't doing anything and I wasn't, I wasn't um, I wasn't who I've been known to be in the past. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I just kind of took that experience and let it, and let it really refine me. Um, one of the biggest defining experiences while in the Philippines was, um, I was then dating Angelo at that point and uh, he had also encouraged me to really dream. You know, he's just like, 
just dream. You're out there doing whatever. We don't know what the next steps are. Just dream outside the box, you know? Was he in the Philippines with you? Uh, no. no he, okay. he was, we just would Skype every day. Gotcha. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so I took the time. I remember it was a really hot day in the Philippines and there was literally nothing else I could do. So I sat in this hot room and like had the fan blowing in my face and, um, and was just seized by these dreams and visions of what like being an entrepreneur could be, what it could be to be a community space owner. And so for me, the thing that really like kept coming to mind was this idea of a community space. Um, a space that could be versatile, it could be a place for you know two people to meet, for groups of people to meet, for um, to really you know the experience of home for people. Um, and of course, coffee is a great foot in the door for that. So um, I had a little bit of experience in high school and college, um, like at Starbucks and wherever else, and um, I knew my way around coffee to some level and loved it. And so I. I um, I decided to come back from the Philippines and like, I'm gonna put a three year plan together for this. Like this is gonna happen, it's gonna be in three years. I'm gonna go work for a company that does big business well. So like, I don't know, Trader Joe's or, or like a Costco. Um, that what I mean what I mean by doing business well, I meant I mean that they have happy employees. Um, because what I noticed from the past for me was that like corporate would talk about, you know, this is like, I want, you know, you want your employees to be happy, but if you only have like a two year um, retention rate, like there's something, yeah. it says something. Um, and so I really wanted to know what it meant to be a business owner that had a great system that really gave back to their employees and therefore to their customers. Um, and so that was my plan. I came back and, um, I had an interesting conversation with Angelo right when I came back because I just wanted to kind of keep it all inside and, you know, think about it, process it, research it. And he was like, talk to people, you know, go talk to business owners, go talk to coffee shop owners. And um, I literally told him, I'm just like, you don't know what you're about to unleash. Um, because when I start that ball rolling, like if I find the right thing, I can't stop. And um, the first week I come back from the Philippines, I'm looking on Craigslist for an espresso machine and instead find this cute little coffee shop in Elmhurst that's being sold. And I remember like vividly having the phone in my hand being like, I should just call them. This is no big deal. Like, I'm just going to ask information. You know, this shouldn't, <laughs> this shouldn't be a big deal, but I am, I am like, ha I'm short of breath. Um, but I call the number, I talk to the, like the owner's mom and she's telling me all this information. We decide to book a meeting. Angelo comes with me. And this is the first time that we see this little Elmer's coffee shop. Um, we meet with the owner, really interesting situation because, um, she's 21, she was 21. Um, her grandfather bought it for her and her and her boyfriend just ran it and never hired any employees, just kind of had it. Um, and so they were selling it, looking to move and, um, they were selling it for a really good price. Uh, Angelo and I leave the meeting and are just scared out of our minds because we know that it's a good opportunity. Yeah. And like, I unfortunately spent all my money in the Philippines. Um, Angelo has a little bit of a stash that he was planning on using for us once we got married. And, um, so we're like, I don't know how we're going to get the money. And we weren't planning on owning a business like now yeah, like that, <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't know anything like that yeah. was the biggest thing was just like i had done some entrepreneurial um like 
projects, but never like to this scale. Mm -hmm. So I we we went back and forth on it for like a month. Um, and had lost the shop at one point because someone swooped in and signed the papers, but then um, there was like a hiccup in the lease and they ended up uh, they ended up coming back to us and asking, hey, do you want this place? Mm. And um, I said yes before even having the money. So don't, I, I mean, I know this is public, but um, don't do that. I, yeah. I just, I just had it, like I had a feeling that I'd get it. And so um, everything happens kind of last minute because this is like, like it's almost two months after we first found the shop and um, we find the money, you know, between Angelo, my family, his family, like we, we start up Brewpoint. Uh, and so I reached out to my network again and essentially asked, Hey, do you want to be part of, you know, a coffee shop? And so people are donating, um, you know, majority of our furniture and they're donating their time and their expertise and like our websites donated, like big things like that. And we're putting together what Brewpoint now is. And so we opened three days after we signed the contract, Wow. September 2nd, 2014, um, and we just, we have like a, um, a soft opening because we still don't know what we're doing. Yeah. And, um, from there we grow to be what we are now. Um, so yeah, fast forward, we are, um, quadrupled what any of the coffee shops had done previously. Um, we have 12 employees and we're right now, uh, um, planning our expansion plan for, um, the next five to 10 years of what Brewpoint is. So we're, we're excited. I'm having a ton of fun. Yeah, um, I mean, all that stemmed from, you know, you just wanting to do something that meant more and bringing like, hmm. like you said, a community place where people can get together and, you know, even though you say not to do it, but I mean, saying yes to something <laughs> like that, you know, just because you knew it was right. I mean, yeah. and oh, all these things kind of work out in your favor. And even the fact that someone swooped in, signed this lease, and then it kind of backed out, and now here you are again. Yeah. <laughs> it's just su such a cool experience. And, um, you know, I first met you when, mm -hmm. I, when you had that soft opening. I walked in because... Um, you know, you guys were, the, the shop was closed for a little while, mm -hmm. um, and I was so used to coming here because it was so close to the college I went to, and uh, now that there's new owners and everything, I'm super excited. The shop's finally open. I don't have to go to my local Starbucks because I like the, the smaller shops, mm -hmm. the way they feel, um, and I remember meeting you guys, and mm -hmm. it was just such a cool thing, and now to see where you guys are at today, it's just absolutely incredible, mm -hmm. um, and so I, I guess I want to start uh, with... You know, you said you had some experience in coffee before, mm. like with working for Starbucks and things like that. Mm. Um, did you ever at that point have any inkling that coffee was something you wanted to do? Or you just had this idea that you wanted a community space and coffee ultimately filled, um, you know, the checklist of, of what a community space meant? Sure. No, that's a great question. Um, so coffee, I, I mean, a lot of, I feel like a lot of college students, high school students, whatever, they play around with this idea of just like, someday I'd love to own, you know, a coffee yeah, yeah. shop. Um, Man, because, <laughs> and so, I mean, yes, in that regards of like, yeah, I've definitely thought about it. I never thought it would actually happen, yeah. but when the community space idea really came to the forefront, coffee was just the no-brainer. And I never really questioned anything else because I don't think I know anything else well enough or like anything else well enough that I'd be like, yeah, let's do this instead. Um, I mean, I drink coffee every day and, you know, that's, this is where I meet people. <laughs> yeah, and it really, it's, it's such a cool space and you guys have just expanded. So we're recording this right now and this 
new additional seating that you have. You took over from this flower shop that had this space. Mm -hmm. I mean, the things that you guys are doing um, are absolutely incredible and just the community aspects that you're building and like the way that you're bringing people to your shop. I used to come into this shop uh, with the previous owners and I would be the only person in here for, I mean, hours on end. Mm -hmm. Like I could sit here for two hours and do homework or read or whatever and I'd be mm -hmm. the only person to ever come in the shop. And now, I mean, the shop is full all the time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what are you doing in terms of like, you know, you open the, the store, soft opening, you don't know what you're doing, you just bought this shop on a whim. <laughs> um, how do you go about like building a community around what you're doing? How do you go about, mm -hmm. you know, uh, bringing on employees? Like, what is that whole process like for you? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I think that's, I mean, those are the foundational pieces of what Brewpoint is. Because, I mean, anyone could open a coffee shop, but yeah. to create a community is mm -hmm. a whole other beast. Um, and so I would say, I mean, a lot of it was a learning in progress. Um, part of me is happy that I didn't know a lot of like the step-by-steps, um, because I had to be super attentive and just use a lot of like problem solving skills of like what actually makes sense versus just because something tells me to do it this way, I should do it this way. Um, though that can be helpful. Um, <laughs> I don't want to say that it can't be. Um, so what I'm, um, what was nice was that I was a recruiter previously. So I had some idea of what the recruiting process looks like and then what development looked like after hiring a person. So I had an idea of how people function in interviews and what kind of employee they might become regardless of that interview process. Uh, um, and so I had a couple, um, I mean, I had a couple people that started off and I was just like, this is not working. I'm, I'm not necessarily the best boss. I know how to be yet and like these employees aren't working. But the first person that really works and you know fairly well is our employee Nina. Mm -hmm. um, so she's still with us. She was she um, literally came in to the shop. She was a regular. She would talk my ear off and um, I would tell her, I just like, I'll listen to you, but I've also have work to do. So yeah. if you don't mind like I'm gonna tune you out a little bit. And she's like, yeah, and she'd keep talking at me. Um, she found out we were hiring and she's like, why haven't you told me you were hiring? <laughs> Um, and I didn't know she was looking for a job. So I was just like, do you want to interview? And she's like, you want this, like, this is, you want, you want me here. And I was like, is this the interview? <laughs> um, it was, it was very interesting because I wasn't sure about her because of that, you know, aggressive style of, <laughs> yeah. you know, asking me for a job. Um, <laughs> But, like, that has been one of the best decisions because it's someone who's already invested in who we are because she's a regular. Um, and she really, I mean, she was looking for a space in which she could be herself. Um, and, you know, obviously she was herself straight from the interview to being here. And um, from there, that's kind of the model that we took of just like, you know, ideally I want people who come to the shop, they're regulars, um, or at least a referral from someone who already works here. And so that's the process of interviewing that we've done. Um, every once in a while I'll branch out and I'll like interview a random person here and there. And sometimes it works out because that's just how it starts. Um, but we are very particular. Um, a lot of it is that I share the vision of where we're going and what we're doing. And depending on how much that person fits in with that, wants that, um, that's the first thing I look for. And so I'm looking for someone who um, wants to be who they are in work, you know, wants to figure out who they are in work, um, who wants to be held accountable and grow because I will make, like, I will consistently say, <laughs> hey, you need to improve on this. And that's um, not really comfortable. Um, and someone who, I mean, all together, like, wants to be a part of a community. And so 
uh, yeah, those are those are really the main things I look for, um, and they are the reason why I do Brewpoint. Like they've really become the thing that like. Every like I can be the type of person like a lot of entrepreneurs that can get kind of bored mm-hmm. after doing the same thing for a while. But um, creating a space in which the employees can feel like they can be themselves, that they love what they're doing, and um, they can find their own entrepreneurial outlets, which I haven't expound upon yet in front of you, Phil. But um, there's there's opportunities here. Um, even though it's just a coffee shop, there's yeah. we have some opportunities that are coming up that we're really excited about. Um, and yeah, they're they're my driver. So <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And I want to kind of backtrack a little bit because I know we probably have listeners who potentially are listening with uh, somebody else, maybe a significant other, maybe with mm-hmm. a friend, um, and they want to maybe go into business with with somebody mm-hmm. else. And I think um, when I first you know started coming into the shop and getting to know you, and then getting to know you and Angelo mm-hmm. and how you guys you know, were this engaged and then you guys got married and you guys are working together. What was that dynamic like? What was it like (laughs) working with your, you know, fiance and then husband? Sure. No, that's a great question. And there is a bright side and a dark side to this. So I'll go, I'll go towards the bright side first and then kind of share the other stuff. (laughs) And so, um, it really lucked out with Angela. We were not planning on doing this together. Um, because I mean, we hadn't, we've never worked together before. We didn't know what that would be like. And he just wanted to help me start it up. And, you know, he gave me the money. So I, we were just like, yeah, let's like, you'll help me start this up and then you'll go make the big bucks so that we can get married. And that's great. Um, and so he helps me start it up and we love it. Like we just love working together. And we, I mean, we had no idea. And, um, we had like a, three week like plan of him staying and that three week plan turned you know like literally it was like six weeks later and we're like wait weren't you supposed to leave and (laughs) realizing he can't leave like this brew point wouldn't be what it is without him um and so we're just enjoying it we just work together i mean there's some i mean we had to learn to work on our communication skills even more because we started brew point six months dating like six Mm. months to dating eight months is knowing each other um and then we got engaged four months into starting brewpoint and then we got married married four months into after getting engaged and so um yeah it was a weird year (laughs) yeah but it's like i mean i am so happy i mean he's not working with us anymore um because about a year into brewpoint we just figured we need to make sure that we are financially stable so he works two blocks away at the um art museum in elmhurst he's the director of um, events and education um, and we miss working together like every like we are working hard to develop a plan that can bring it back into what we're doing yeah and I, so. I feel like that's something that is either like hit or miss like that could have been the you know uh, defining thing that maybe like brought, broke you guys up in yeah. your relationship but it ultimately ended up showing you guys that you guys work so well mm-hmm. and learning so much about your relationship having to be able to communicate and all these different things I think that's really cool yeah. And uh, for those of you guys listening who keep hearing these trains that pass by, (laughs) I'm not editing this out because I think it's so uh, unique to Elmhurst. Growing up in Las Vegas, I had no idea that trains even uh, ran uh, at all. We didn't see a train. I didn't see a train until I went to school in uh, Arizona. Um, But it's just a cool little thing that you you get often at the coffee shop, the trains passing by. It's kind of that nice white noise. But... So I want to talk about... You mind if I tell you about the dark side just really please, quick? Just because I mentioned yes, it. Yes, please. And, and people might be wondering. People would <laughs> definitely want to hear 
about the dark side of it. So it wasn't just Angela and I who started the business. It was also my best friend at the time. And mm-hmm. so, um, I mean, sometimes it doesn't work out where the, the type of dynamic isn't, it's not really what makes sense. So, um, yeah, my best friend at the time, she was really the visionary of, like, First of all, pushing me out there and being like, I know you, I know that you can do this. Um, Angelo didn't know me as well at that point. He was a little bit more like wanting to focus on us as a couple. Yeah. Um, and the fact that I had someone who was that for me was huge. Um, and not, let alone, she also had more of that like design eye. So a lot of how Brewpoint looks, or at least the beginning of it, um, started with her. Um, but unfortunately, as time went on, it really was that like we weren't good managers together. Um, and it affected how the workplace felt and it affected how employees felt um, and, it, and it just didn't end up working out I mean we're good we're good now um, but I would say that our friendship is entirely different because of that experience um, so it is something to be thoughtful on I mean sometimes yeah. like it works out great and sometimes it can really it can you know it also there's your relationships yeah and that's a great point thank you for sharing that because really it, it you know it, can, it is the deciding factor mm-hmm. and I mean to be able to spend that amount of time with someone and build something like that uh, with somebody else or multiple people, I mean, it takes a lot and it takes really the synchronicity of, of people and making sure that you collaborate in a specific way. And mm-hmm. so sometimes it doesn't work out, but to be able to see that and not let that affect ultimately the business and then at the same time, the friendship, you guys still yeah. at least have some sort of connection now. And I think that's awesome because you hear a lot of these, you know, business breakups or friendship breakups. I mean, people, even in a friendship, can't communicate with each other, you know, yeah. down the line. And to go through something like starting a business together or working on a project together like that and then coming back and being friends, I think that's a really cool thing. Then um, I want to ask you about the transition from, you know, being the, the craftsman, being the, the lady who's doing it all, working behind the counter, making the coffee, you know, ordering the stuff that you need, running the business, to go from being that person to now you have 12 employees and you're more behind the scenes. What was that process like for you? Was it hard for you to give up the reins? Um, and now that you've done that, I mean, are you happy about it? Would you like to do more of what you used to do? Well, what's that been like for you? No, that's a great question as well. Um, I I like the transition. Um, and it's not because I didn't like, you know, being a barista before. It's more that, you know, I, I'm seeing where I fit more and more. And I am definitely more of that visionary type person. I like growing things. I like seeing new opportunities and seeing how things can evolve. And I can't do that and be, like, behind the bar the whole time as well. And um, one of the biggest things for me is having employees that like that's their niche and being able to trust them is huge um and so for me it was more just like if i find the right person and i can give that trust to them like they feel awesome i feel awesome and we're just in a good place and so the way that i've tried to develop management is really make sure that i'm finding the right people um, that can take over these arenas Mm -hmm. and that and people who don't necessarily have the past experience so that it's new for them as well and we can learn together um, and so my, um, coffee quality manager, Ben is in charge of a lot of the things that I used to be in charge of. Um, and uh, he knows like how his opportunity can grow based upon me growing the business. Mm-hmm. And so he's happy doing his thing. I'm happy growing everything. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a big thing to delegate. Like you have to do it. You can't micromanage everything because otherwise people don't, they don't feel like they can be creative. And that's kind of the, one of the big value pieces for us is I want employees to become the best they can be. And if I'm telling them to do it in my way, 
They, yeah. they won't do it. They won't, they're not me, you know, they're themselves. And um, it takes a lot of conversations and it takes a lot of communication. And um, I'm finding that my job is becoming more and more having conversations with my employees. I'm just like, how you doing? And you know, what are you thinking? How can we better this? What's, you know, and I'm just really figuring out what they can bring to the table. Um, because so often it's just like, do this, do that, do this, whether, versus what do you think? You know, how can we better this? How can you be a part of what we're doing and growing it? Um, yeah. So that's that's (laughs) awesome. And so over like, you know, throughout this whole experience of, you know, owning this shop and, and doing what you've been doing, like what's the one or maybe two things that you've learned most about yourself throughout Mm -hmm. this whole process? Uh, Yeah. Um, I'm learning that like to be a leader, it is like a lot of humility needs to Mm -hmm. take place. Um, because, especially because it's not like I knew everything going in. Um, I've had my employees have to kind of tell me uh, any oversights I have. And it's hard because my intentions are never to kind of take advantage or anything of that sort. But like, they'll need to tell me, Hey, you know, it's kind of normal to get a raise every six months or (laughs) like any of these things where it's like, I'm just moving. I'm not even noticing these things are happening. Um, and also I think one of the big things I've realized about myself specifically is that like, I believe that risks are worth it, Um, especially when it's for a bigger cause and something bigger than myself. Because um, a lot of times we look at like the failure aspect of things and it's just like, you know, but if I fail, this is what life will look like. And it's usually not that horrible. Yeah, like, no, we always over-exaggerate yeah. <laughs> that process. Um, but it's just like, let's say, I mean, if I'm able to bring something to the world that I really believe in, um, and I think it's going to be good and I think it's going to be beneficial for others. Like all I'm really risking is myself to some level, mm-hmm. but if I succeed, have all these people benefit. Um, and that's kind of, that's really been one of like a huge driving force for me is just like, I'll take the risks because I am the only one who really will, um, I mean, get the, get any sort of, yeah, repercussions on it. Yeah. Um, but if I succeed, all these people get a place they can be themselves, and that's worth it. Yeah, that, that's so cool. And one of the things, one of the quotes or mantras that I like to, to refer to often for myself is to fail early, fail often, and fail forward. Because when you take those risks, but you're moving forward, you know, you, you know not everything's all, all rose petals and everything's all great. You know, sometimes things happen. Sometimes there's obstacles, there's challenges, there's setbacks. And it's how you respond to those things. If you continue to do those things over and over again, it's like the Albert Einstein definition of insanity. If you you continue to do the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. But if you grow and learn from those things and apply it, that's where the growth and, you know, being out of your comfort zone, that's where all these things happen. And one of the things that you've done at this shop that I think is just so incredible is I feel like every time I come in and I come in, I come in often, not as much as I used to when I lived in Elmhurst. Now I live a little bit away. But I feel like every time I come in, there's something new going on. It's like, now you have all these gluten-free food options. Now you're opening up this this back section. Now you have all these new employees. Now you're looking to expand. I mean, it seems like you're always trying these new things. And I think that's part of what RuPoint is and part of what makes you like a really great leader and makes you someone that's going to accomplish a lot because you are willing to take those risks. You are willing to put yourself out there. Um, and you're not so concerned with the consequences. And I think you made a great point that we always, you know, over-exaggerate what we think is going to happen. You know, you think, oh man, if I do this and I fail, it's going to, it's going to do this and it's going to affect this. And really, you know, it's being in it, it's not as bad as we make it out to be. But 
really, you've done such a fantastic job with all you've been doing, and it's really cool to see the way that this is growing. Mm. Well, thanks so much, Jill. Yeah, of course. So, my last question for you before we get into the rapid fire portion: sure. uh, What's the one thing that you guys are most excited about right now? Like, what's the one thing that you've been putting a lot of your efforts behind, and what's that one thing that Brewpoint is is really looking to do here in the in the near future? Ah, oh, so you're looking for yeah. secrets? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So one of the biggest things that I'm focusing on, um, aside from just solidifying the structure of what Brewpoint is, because we're about to head into our busy season. Um, is we are looking to create a Brewpoint hub. And so Brewpoint, um, yes, we're a coffee shop, but you had alluded to this earlier, just like, you know, community space, why just coffee? So we acknowledge that community space is not just for coffee. So Brewpoint, we want the brand to be like, everything we do is an excuse for community. And so Brewpoint coffee is as an excuse for community, Brewpoint, um, you know, food as an excuse for community, all these different things. And so our brand is looking to expand what it is, but this still the same experience of community can be lived out in any of our different venues. So we are now looking to create a Brewpoint headquarters. And so they're most likely will be here in Elmhurst because that's the community that Angelo and I have been a part of and are looking to stay in. Um, and so that looks like possibly owning a space. It looks like having a kitchen, having a roasting site. Um, and then from there, I'm gonna use the word franchise, but I don't know if I mean it that way, um, but franchising out for the employees that we have, because I would say that we um, we recruit up. So we, we have people who, we have like maybe four or five employees who want to be entrepreneurs um, and who want to do their thing, whether it's in coffee or it's a little bit different than coffee. Um, and they want to create their own space. And so what if, you know, we had, you know, our coffee quality manager go out and create his own business as a Brewpoint company, has all the resources of the Brewpoint hub. And we all, but we all really focus on this, the, the experience of the customer, to have them feel like they're a part of a community, whether it's through coffee or through board games, a new one that we're, we're diving into a bit, um, or food or whatever it is. Um, and so we're, we're, yeah, we're in a fun place right now. Yeah. <laughs> so you can tell too, like you walk in, you know, things are happening and things are shifting and things are changing. And I think it's so cool to allow that openness between like the conversations between you and your employees and people that work for Brewpoint, it's like, you know, I feel like a lot of employees are scared to share like what they really want to do with their boss because mm -hmm. if that doesn't entail exactly what they're doing in their role, yeah. the bosses might look for somebody else or might not want to hear that. And so I think, I mean, what you're doing is brilliant. I think it makes so much mm -hmm. sense and I, I really can't wait to see what happens. I think it's going to be exciting, um, man, the next year, two years, <laughs> 10 years, like, who knows? I think this is going to be a really cool, cool thing. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, of course. All right, so let's dive into the rapid fire. So I'm going to ask you some short form questions okay. and then uh, you can answer as long or as short as you'd like. Perfect. Cool. Got All right, it. so when you think of the word success, who's the first person that comes to mind and why? Okay, so when I think of the word success, it's always going to be about quality of person over achievements. Um, that's just how I think I, about I it. I think that's a great way to think about it. Um, and I'm going to be super cheesy right now and <laughs> say my husband, just because, I mean, he has sacrificed everything for Brewpoint and for me. And, like, 
he just he just tries so hard like it's I mean and I mean in the best way possible like he is always looking to become a better person and he's always looking to serve me better and serve the community better um, and grow more and so I just I admire him um, and he's gonna listen to this and be really embarrassed. <laughs> Angelo is like he, he really is an awesome guy like I, I remember walking in early on and you know, he's behind the counter and his, he has so many different goofy hats <laughs> and I just, it's, it's, I miss coming in and seeing him in here. So I'm excited to, for you guys to get him back. But no, I think that's a great answer. And I think, um, just his, his willingness to let you explore this and then mm. grow with it. I mean, it's, it's so cool. I think mm. that's a great answer. So, um, is there a book or, or like a, a resource that you read or things that you go to, maybe an online blog um, that you would recommend or, or that you really enjoy tuning into? And it might not even be a book or a blog. Maybe it's something totally different. But is there anything that you kind of refer to that helps you grow hmm. um, that, that you really would like to recommend? Sure. So this is probably the philosophy theology major in me. Um, my absolute favorite book that I go back to over and over again is The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis. Uh, so it's essentially just, you know, it's a book about um, like heaven and hell and if there was an in-between. And so if there is an in-between, like what is, like what is that, if you were in the in-between and you're experiencing heaven, like how would you think through it? And, you know, and all these different things. And so what I like about it is is that, it makes me think about like what's really important in the long run, um, and what kind of person do I want to be, and um, what does it mean to really put others first versus like everything being about me and my agenda and my success and my whatever else. Um, yeah, it, it puts things, it clarifies things for me, and when I think about the world and what I'm doing. That's awesome. I have yet to, to been recommended that book, so I'm going to check it out. And I will link to it in the show notes for all you listeners who want to check it out as well. Um, so you can find all that stuff at yieldmastermind.com backslash podcast. And so is there an online resource? Um, you know, it could be a blog, could be a YouTube channel, could be a podcast maybe that you listen to um, that you would recommend to people or that you refer to that's kind of helped you grow through through what you've been you know doing with your business or personally. Yeah. What does that look like for you? Well, I mean... The biggest thing that I really dive into is stories. Mm. So a lot of times it's a lot of the resources through NPR. Um, and so I'll, I'll listen to a lot of the serial podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Um, my, I, I don't even know the name of this. I could refer it back to you, Phil, but my husband listens to like these like story forms. I, I don't, I don't really know what it is. I think it's called like unbroken or something like that. Mm. But, um, these are people, it's kind of like a create your own story with different people and it's a community storytelling, um, experience, oh, cool. but NPR, if that's just the easiest <laughs> way to give yeah, you an answer. And, and it, it, we'll, we'll get the, the other show to you guys in the show notes. Once we, once we talk to Angelo and see what that is. <laughs> um, so if you, if you could only do one part of your daily routine mm. for the rest of your life, if you could, do any other parts of that routine sure. what would that one thing be and why uh, yeah it would be it would be the touch points I have with the people that are most important to me to me um, so it's you know my husband and then from there it's my employees um, and then it's some of our friends and customers that we've really um, gotten to know over the past year and a half um, that is the most fun part of my day and it's the thing that keeps everything running at this point i don't i don't even really need to be behind the bar so that's i think we could i think that's good <laughs> yeah, that's awesome it's man it's just so cool to see and it's awesome because you get to have that experience all day long hmm. i mean 
you get to be around people through this community hub mm. that you've built and you know who knows what's to come but to be around that all day I mean you've literally created a spot where you know your answer right there if you could only do one thing mm. for the rest of your life if you couldn't do anything else you are you are living that I think mm. that's so cool and I think that's such a an inspiration to those of us myself included and anybody listening who you know maybe doesn't believe that that's possible mm. it really is I think I think that's very cool and that's why I love getting these awesome stories for the podcast because it just makes so much sense people are doing what we think maybe is not possible oh I can't do that she's different he's different mm. but in reality if you just put yourself out there take a risk um, you know do something you enjoy doing who knows what could happen so um, Melissa where can people find out more about Brewpoint and you and what you guys are up to what are your links and, and all that stuff sure um, so on the I mean the big things that we're on are Facebook Twitter Instagram um, and just Brewpoint coffee we have a uh, brewpointcoffee.com um, and then yeah that's that's really the main areas right now cool awesome all right so we always end the show with our guests sharing one of their favorite quotes so do you have a quote to share with us today sure um, so it's from the great divorce ah. Um, and I have to always say a little context just because it won't make sense otherwise. Uh, but it's about this couple reuniting. And um, the woman is like a heavenly creature of some sort. And she is apologizing to the man of like, she's essentially saying she's sorry that she didn't love him truly here on earth. And he's a little confused by her saying that. But what she's trying to say is that like, when I loved you is because I, I needed you. It's because I felt this way, but like now I'm able to love you truly because I am solid. Like I, I know who I am and I love you just because I love you. And I, I mean, if I could aspire to be anything in this world, it's to be able to do things, not because I need something, but because it's right and it's good and it's true. Wow, what a great way to end the show. Melissa, thank you so much for taking time to sit down and talk with us today. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a blast sitting here in your shop doing this. Thank you so much. Yeah, not a problem, Phil. All right, thanks guys for tuning in, and we will see you next time. If you guys enjoyed that episode, please let us know. Find us at Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. We're going to be at Yield Mastermind on all those platforms. Check out our website, yieldmastermind.com. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all those platforms. Please reach out to us. Let us know if you like the show. Let us know if you're loving the content. Please write us a review on iTunes if you feel the desire to. We really appreciate hearing from our audience and really understanding if you guys are loving what you're hearing or if you guys would like to hear something totally different. We're always open to that stuff. Thanks for listening. We hope you are enjoying this show as much as we are, and we can't wait for you guys to tune in next time.